What is up, everybody? Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery, including the Colorado Avalanche, uh, Avalanche Amber Ale, which is the unofficial beer of cool days, mostly autumn, but I would say even a little bit this pre-spring that we're in right now. It's my official take. Yeah, I'm telling you, a nice, like, red or brown ale in the spring or in the summer, it's a little bit cool. Okay. There's nothing better in life. All right. Uh, guys, we have a great really? show for you today. That's what I'm telling you, man. Nothing I'm, better. Well, all right. There's, there's <laughs> few things better in life. Um, we have a good discussion for you guys today. I love Denver Sports Podcast. I like this one when we get a chance to get together with people from different backgrounds, covering different leagues, different teams, and talking about some crossover topics. So today we're going to talk about the Denver Nuggets. We're going to do that in segment one and where they're at and their you know, aiming to get a championship. Uh, we're going to talk about the Colorado Avalanche, who, despite last night's loss, uh, have been on sort of a heater. Yeah, forget about it. Have been on a little bit of a heater. <laughs> forget about it. And then we're going to end the show with a, a longer discussion talking about how the NBA and the NHL market themselves, because I think they're both in the same boat in that they're not the top product. That's the NFL. And are they growing? That's one of the questions that we're going to ask. To help me do that, I've got the great A.J. Hayfley, who you know from covering DMVR Avalanche. Thanks for joining. Yeah. I always like to talk about other sports other than hockey. Take a little break from hockey for a second. Yeah. I don't like being pigeonholed as a hockey guy. I'm one How of do the, you want to be pigeonholed? I, I, uh, as a pigeon guy? Yeah. <laughs> okay. team, count me as Team Pigeon. You and, you and Mike Tyson? Yeah. I love that about you and Mike yeah. Tyson. Uh, also, we, we have a lot in common. I would say. <laughs> Uh, also, Boris Stankovic. Ha- ha- shouts to all of our Serbian shouts. followers over shouts. there. Also, a big pigeon guy. And then over there, uh, I got D-Line, who's an expert on many things, but also nothing. Oh, yeah. I'm like a Swiss Army knife with no blades. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm an expert on many subjects, but not actually an expert on any subjects. I'm happy to be here to uh, give my expertise on the Denver Nuggets because no one else on this panel would be able to do so. But you need to open up a bottle of wine or file your nails under pressure. He's your guy. Oh, no question. He's got both of those products here. Or if you need a a tiny little magnifying glass. (laughs) (laughs) I like a Swiss Army knife. (laughs) Everybody Uh, does. Didn't know we'd be talking about that. Let's talk about the Nuggets, though, guys. Um, And AJ... We talked, I don't know what it was, probably two months ago, and I was like, are you feeling, are you buying into the Nuggets quite yet? You weren't there. You put a tweet out maybe a month ago that was like, you know what, I'm starting to buy. And it was right when the Nuggets were on a nine-game win streak, so yeah. I think it was like at the... It was easy. It was like at the peak. <laughs> um, the most cowardice time to do. <laughs> yeah. um, But now, I, I'm really curious now, because there's only 20 games to go. It looks like Denver's going to be the number one seed. Like, Where are you at in your... You know what you're sensing with this team. Are they a championship, a true contender? Um, I think the things that really that made me feel better during that win streak was that it wasn't like uh, it wasn't like it was the A game every night, and they were mm. just blowing people out. You know, and they're you know, the, for me, I think one of the really important lessons that we learned covering the Avalanche from their growth from batty to playoff team to now they're a legit cup contender and then the difference between the team that couldn't get it done and the one that did um it, it was really one of our our biggest lessons that we learned was uh teams have to be comfortable in every situation imaginable and winning games with their a b and c games mm. i mean just totally you you just have to be comfortable being uncomfortable right you've got to know you've got to know how to play you know when you're when you're up by 20 you've got to know how to play when you're down by 20 and everything in between you know when you're when you're in a, a more physical defensive slugfest you know when neither team is shooting well what do the nuggets look like and that's right. i think that's the style of game that makes me most nervous about the nuggets because i think if they are playing what you would think of as modern basketball the Getting up and down, shooting threes, you know, letting letting Jokic kind of just dictate games. They're absolutely a championship contender. There's no denying. I mean, I I don't know. I guess you could generously call him a top three player in the NBA because um, I really don't want to fight anybody about it. <laughs> but like the I, top players and stuff anyway. We'll get to this later on in the show. But like that's not an insult, and it is an insult now. But it's not. Yeah, it's a team sport. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> There's very. I would bet if you went back in the NBA's like 60, 70 year history and said when was there a 
no arguments made, number one player in the year. It would be easily less than half of the years. And but people, I think in people's mind, it's like there always has to be. If not, whoever it's supposed to be is a fraud or something. And it's like, no, most of the time, Magic or Larry, there's an argument. We can make it. You know, like Kobe, Tim Duncan, or whatever it is. Yeah. It's it's funny for me to think about. Like we've become so comfortable in the Jokic timeline. Yeah. That oh, yeah. the the concept even five years ago that the Nuggets would have a top three player in the NBA was like. Oh, bro. it was totally foreign. Like, okay, so what happened in the lottery? Like, it is you know, still like, foreign. Like, Serbia, and it's still, it's still really. I don't know. There are days where I wake up and I'm like, oh, I just watched Kale McCarr have a four point night tonight, and tonight I'm going to watch Nicole Jokic right. do something that only Will Chamberlain has ever done. And you're just not like, so okay, not since like, Will, <laughs> like this yeah. is this is just life now, right? Like, you know, you know what's funny? I was arguing with some friends, uh, some other Former writers, friends. Oh, no, I was arguing. Of yeah, of course. I was arguing with some other writers from around, you know, around the league, and they're talking about how silly this, like Jokic and the third MVP of this or that. And I told him, like, guys, look, all I'm going to tell you is, for eight years, I've been having the same argument. It it has taken different forms, but it used to be Jokic is nowhere close to as good as Jalil Okafor. And it somehow slowly moved to Jokic is nowhere good enough to be a three-time MVP, <laughs> but it's the same argument. And I'm like, I just keep eating dubs slowly. Like I just slowly yeah, keep doing this thing yeah, where it's best, so absurd, but it's the best way to eat dubs. You eat <laughs> too many dubs too quickly. You get a cramp, but it is the same. I'm telling you, like man. you can almost make a timeline <laughs> of Jokic conversation. And it really is. He's not as good as, you know, Okafor is one of the very first ones. Porzingis town, sure well, whatever it is. And you just keep going. And then you're like, here's not as good as the other three time <laughs> MVPs. And it's like, yeah, man, this is you extrapolate this another four years. And it's actually he's nowhere near as good as Michael Jordan. I, like, well, he's the second best player to ever win five MVPs yeah, in yeah, a career. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, the worst three-peat we've ever okay. seen. No, yeah, this whatever. was like a pretty foundational part of the early DNVR Nuggets podcast was our hot box and hot takes where after games, Vote and uh, Adam and like I, whenever I could uh, poke in, like would just give our most, the hottest, most ridiculous pie in the sky takes we could give. And like we sold them short. I was like, <laughs> I was like, guys, I'm like, Bro, in my mind, in 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 this dream I've had, Jokic could be top three MVP, top three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's just like everything happens, and I'm like, bro, I don't know. He's gonna own the league. I, like he'll be. He's gonna win. I don't know what to even uh, look towards next. Like the craziest thing about Jokic is that like it's not just the slow burn of acceptance. Like he's actually getting better. Yeah. Like he's yeah. actually rising to that level of the defense that we were giving him it's like we're not crazy i mean we at a certain point like you know per, per, it's possible we were ahead of the curve a little bit just because maybe he's our guy but like now i mean i don't feel weird about it at all there there are sometimes when you're like oh man you know how you know it was a good draft pick drew lock now that guy can throw the ball <laughs> and then you look back you're like ah, what am i doing yeah yeah, yeah. Jokic, you're like bro these why weren't they listening to us? Like, Weird, why weren't they listening to weirdly, us? Weirdly, in some ways, we were more wrong about Jokic than we were Drew Locke, just in the other direction. Yes. It was like way better we than way we, undersold we, him, we... way which undersold We way undersold Um But getting back to the Nuggets as, as a team here... You know, they're number one. They're in a weird place because they're number one in the West, and now mm. there's the question of: Do you gun for the number one overall seed? Uh, do you, you know, what is it that the Nuggets have to accomplish in this part? And I think tomorrow night's game, they play the Memphis Grizzlies, who are the number two seed in the West. If they win that one, they pretty much lock up the their last 19 games. They can kind of do what they want with those last 19 games, kind of like the Avs last year, right? I mean, they had such a oh, good foothold. Man, that was such a bad time. What the Avs? Remember the Avs community during that time when they were like they were so far ahead. Oh no. and they were like dropping games. And everyone's like, Bednar doesn't have the, what it takes to lead a championship squad. And everyone was mad. And you, you guys just had to be like, would you just wait till the playoffs? Yeah. Is this how it went? Yes. So they they <laughs> clinched. Uh, it was actually our first takeover night. Uh, they beat Carolina. They blow out Carolina. They clinch the uh, number one seed in the West and the division title on the same night. How many games to go? Um, I don't know. It was like 12, 13. Yeah. Wow. It was, okay. Yeah. They too were many. So, they were too, so mi- too many. Ahead, too man. many. Yeah. And then their, their last 10 games, they went four, five, and one um, as they were sitting guys. 
Uh, the guys clearly just didn't care. Um, they came to Winnipeg twice when I was up there. And I remember going to morning skate for one of those games. And I walked around and I was like, this is the lowest energy morning skate I have ever been at. <laughs> I, they do not care one single iota uh -uh. about these games. And the, they didn't need to. This is so great because there's a very good chance this is going to happen to Denver. Yes, and so is. they limped into the playoffs because they rested. Because they rested. Yeah. And, and then what happened in the first round? Well, and so the, <laughs> to, as, a, as just as a continuation of that same story, I was at morning skate of game one, round one against Nashville. And I went to both Colorado and Nashville's morning skate. And Colorado's, they played faster during practice Wow! that morning than Nashville did during any of the four games <laughs> yeah. that the Avs were blowing them out. And Nashville was just happy to be there. Right. They, were, they were excited. Hey, cool. Maybe something crazy can happen. Right. You know, we have, we have injury problems. Or we're going against the Avs. It was never close. I just remember that, too. Like, people were just like... They Apocalyptic. Just think, they just think they have a switch they can turn on. That's not how it works in the NHL. Chip, you can't, championship contenders you, don't act yeah, this yeah. way. Meanwhile, they had a switch. They lost three games the entire playoffs. Yeah. And, that, like and, they, and also I mean, game one, wasn't game one not just a win, but like a, wasn't it like 7-0 or something like that? Wasn't it like an enormous win? Uh, Yeah, they scored three goals in the first nine minutes. Yeah. Was, they was, set, they set an saw. NHL record. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because they scored a, an even strength goal, a power play goal, and a shorthanded goal in the first ten minutes of the game. Right, it set a postseason NHL record. And that's because I, I just remember that game. You watch the Avs, and you're like, "My God, they're so much faster and more skilled." Like at every <laughs> position and nonstop. Wasn't like, "Oh, they had a fast second. It was just like they're on turbo mode, and Nashville's on yeah. slow mode. They they trailed one time in that four game series, <laughs> and it was for about ninety seconds in game <laughs> those four. Are, those were tough times. <laughs> they got though. down three to two in the third period. Scored two goals in the next four minutes, and that was it. It was curtains. Now, here's one difference between... <laughs> they flipped the switch, truly. Uh, they did. They tr yes, they had a switch. Yeah, but All championship teams do. Well, first yes. of all, one a couple differences here. One, the Avs, I mean, in the middle of the season, I don't remember what the stretch was from when they started winning to right before they shut it down, mm -hmm. but they won for three straight months without losing, basically. I mean, yep. a loss was rare. So uh, you knew that their peak... It was more like... Five, <laughs> five months. So they went four, five, and one in the first ten games, and, and four, then they five, went four, five, and one at the tail end of it. Okay. And in that middle time, I don't know, I don't remember how many losses. But I think it was like nine losses during the middle. So that's sixty-two <laughs> games. So the difference there, though, that's the difference is that when the Avs flipped a switch or got ready for the po yeah. postseason or whatever, the, it was a return to a dominant level of play that I don't think the Nuggets have reached yet. Yeah, and that's. I mean, it's. It's unfair to continue to compare that Avalanche team, yeah, um, because that team was one of the most wire-to-wire -wire dominant champions mm. of the last twenty-five oh, yeah. years in, oh, yeah. in the NHL. Yeah, they lost four games in the postseason. It should have been probably two. <laughs> so, so stupid. <laughs> they were very dominant. They were very dominant. And yet they still got to a point where I was nervous, like not super nervous, but I mean, they did have one series that kind of pushed them a little bit. And I was like, all right, this is, you know, it's getting a little bit touchy here, but the Stanley Cup final was close. Yeah. And you know, you meet a team that's been there and everything else. And it's like, all right, this is a team that has resolved. But in the end, when they overcame it, then you were like, well, now they got over a hump, but bringing this back to Denver, there's 20 games to go. What yeah. do they, what do you need to see from them in these 20 games? Um, to be honest with you, I don't think there is anything that I that they can do in the last 20 games that will make me feel like they are ready for that moment because there's just nothing in the regular season left for them to prove. I want to know about – talk to me about goaltender. This is what I – I know this to be the most uh, – Uncertain. Well, we're going to get to Avs in segment two. Okay, okay, there, okay. There. I'm more asking him to use that to talk about the Nuggets. Yeah, I <laughs> I mean, I'm worried. I'm, I worry about all non-Jokic minutes, right? Yeah. right? And anybody that watches the Nuggets is like, here we go. Like, you just gear up. You know that it's coming, that he leaves the game. And, and all of a sudden, it. it's funny because we talk about how the supporting cast around him is so good and they all fill these perfect roles and this and that. And then it's like the adult leaves yeah. and the children just go nuts. And they, it's, you know, the inmates running the asylum kind of thing. 
it's it's crazy to watch how stark a contrast it is between when he's in the game and he's running it. And I think that's where you have the MVP case and that's where it shows what a special player he is is because just his presence in the game changes how the game gets played. The bench is, I think every team is nervous about their bench going into a yeah, playoff. Because they're all bench players. Because they're all <laughs> right. bench players and you're like, man, these guys aren't as good. And, and Denver, I think, to more of an extreme than most, mainly because they play their stars together more than most teams, but maybe feels that. I don't know if that's the biggest thing. I still look at, you know, Jokic might be a three-time MVP. He might win it. I don't really care to talk about that. I think it's boring. I'm over it. It is. But, I am, but I'm more interested in, like, what does he have to do? Because I think he's going to be carrying a, a lot of pressure. You can make a case that he's carrying more pressure into this playoffs than any player in the NBA. And I'm just, I think he's up for it. I know he's talented enough. But what do you think you need to see from him between now and whenever this thing ends for, you know, that, that you'll be sold? Uh, I think if he just, <clears throat> and uh, I'm not super concerned about him because I think he meets the moment just fine. He's unflappable. That's not a guy that. So you're you already know, there. Or, or, if, when it comes to Jokic, yeah. Okay. I'm not worried about him. I'm not worried about uh, anything regarding his ability to show up in the postseason. You know, how does he handle whatever matchup he ends up in? Who cares? He's Nikola Jokic. How do they handle him? Is way more of an important question than how he handles them. Yeah. He's going to handle them like he handles everybody. He's just going to plow right through it. What about for you, Eric? Is there anything that you would like to see in these last 20 games that will make you more confident in Jokic? Oh, I mean, no. Give me a break. I mean, Jokic is... That's interesting to me. I I mean, no. I mean... I saw everything I needed to see out of Nikola Jokic before the season started. (laughs) Truly, like we've talked, we've we've referenced this more than one time. But that game we went to in in, uh, Serbia Serbia against Greece, Jokic looked so monstrous, like so unstoppable, so determined, so focused in a way that you can't really coax out of him during like a regular season matchup. And it was against Giannis Antetokounmpo, and it was. For something that was meaningful to him, like national pride, uh, the same thing that uh, Giannis was playing for. So both of them were very motivated. They both had incredible games, but Jokic had the better one. And Jokic did what was needed at the right time. I mean, there's just nothing I need to see out of Jokic. Like, I just, it is, it's all the question for the Nuggets forevermore will just be. What can they do when he's not on the floor? How much rest can we get Nikola Jokic, even though he is truly the Iron Man of the NBA? We've seen him play a literal uh, hour on the court. We watched him play three overtimes and only rest for something like three minutes in that entire game against Portland, and they lost those three minutes by eight points. So like that, it's, it's now like, okay, can Thomas Bryant spell Jokic enough so that he has enough in the tank? Can... Jamal Murray rise to the occasion that we saw and rise to the level we saw in the bubble uh, in an, in a hostile environment with fans in the building. Can Michael Porter Jr. rise above the, uh, you know, sort of the soft player that gets targeted on defense? All of these things, all of these like negative things that have surrounded a lot of these players. Like, is it time to actually fully move past all of that? Like we've seen in the regular season, um, I've seen, you know, since – Early on in the season, I'm like, man, I've seen enough. Like, just get us to the goddamn playoffs. I want to see quiet. Uh, I, I won't call it quiet. I want to see controlled rage from him. <laughs> and we've been talking yes. about this on the Nugget Show, but I think some of the narrative. He's the most polarizing player in the NBA for a wide variety of weird reasons. Everything in the NBA is a proxy war for something else, and unfortunately, Jokic is a proxy war for like a million different things: race, xenophobia, uh, analytics, like all these like weird things. He somehow becomes a symbol for. But I want. I think he's starting to show signs of not cracking, but so signs of like, yeah, I hear all this, and I like like just like taking notes. That meme of you know yeah. Ryan from the office taking notes. I think there's a little there, but. Jokic has lost his temper a few times in yes, playoff series in a way Flappable where that has gone the wrong way, where it's like, you know, he got thrown out of the Suns game at the end there. And this well, that. that was in the fourth game. And that's why it was. The series was over. But I'm saying if he got thrown out there, it tells you that that was probably swelling in him before it erupted. I want to see that rage, but in a controlled, like, a controlled, like, oh, no. And maybe it doesn't happen, to your point. Maybe we don't see it till game one of the first round of the playoffs. It's entirely possible. But that, to me, is a... 
it's going to be required for me to fully buy in for the Nuggets is when I go, oh, no, he's on a mission. He's not just a good player. He's not just going to see what happens. We'll, we'll go out there and we'll see how a series goes. If it's like, no, man, that is a man that is like knows this is everything to him and it's on the line. And I honestly think that is coming. But I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, you know, there were a couple of moments um, during the cup run last year where you saw Kale McCarr unleash like the crazy. Yeah. I 100% bit. think we did. And and you could see, you know, you could see him embrace his inner Joker, like the villain, not Jokic. Right. Okay. Like, <laughs> like where, you know, you were like, oh, he's got a little chaos demon in him. You yeah. know, like he wants this. And I think when he started, he started smiling his way through the domination yep. of his opponents. That was when it was like. Uh, good luck, everybody. Yeah. And and I would love to see a moment from Jokic like that where, you know, maybe he roars at somebody. Maybe he, you know, shows a little bit of enthusiasm, shows a little bit of life. Because uh, it's one thing to be the cool guy and to just, you know, caring is not cool. And it's always cold for, you know, you to make a, an amazing play in a clutch moment and to just, like, strut your way back to the bench or down the floor or whatever. Yeah. But it would be nice to see one of those moments where you're like, you can feel how right. important it is. Right. And, and because I think that that has a visceral impact in head to head matchups. Right. Everybody involved in those games is human. Right. And I think if they see the best Except player, the like I, I think if they see the best player acting like that, that's the kind of thing, you know, you see how important it is. It could send that message of like, Oh boy, this guy's not this guy's not losing. Like this is this is the best player in the world and he's about to elevate to a level he's never we've never seen from him before. He is going to do something absolutely special. We can't stop this. I can't wait to see it. We're, we're six weeks away from the start of it all. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Illegal Pete's. This March Madness donate by drinking. Oh man. Isn't that a great donation? It's easy Don, as that. Donated in my uh, illegal section. illegal pizza is teaming up with Tito's and Denver Youth on a record program to help raise money for the future musicians of Colorado. Youth on Record provides underprivileged children in the Denver community with music-based strengths and skills that will give them the platform they need to accomplish their their dreams. This is a really cool thing, man. Music is great. Sports, is, music, two of the best things in life. This is what separates, like when you have an evolved elevated culture is when you move beyond simple survival and you start to make art vodka for kids <laughs> this is vodka, vodka for, for kids, kids that's the uh, that's the galaxy brain civilization simple art for the entire month of march illegal pete's will be donating one dollar to youth on record from for every vodka fresh press sold stop by one of illegal pete's 10 colorado locations order a tito's fresh press and know that your money is going to support Colorado's next big star. Legal Pete's, your go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beer. I still, I prefer the buddies. <laughs> I like the beer, personally. Oh, that's um, true. I think you like the burritos. also want to tell you guys about Shady Rays, the place that sells rose-colored glasses. Unbelievable. Adam made the oldest... <laughs> The oldest man joke of all time last I'm a night. Dad. And he, he was like, he was like, all, you know, guys, we just went on a whole tangent about how stoked we were on the Nuggets. And he was like, you know, guys, Shady Rays sells uh, a lot of different colored uh, lenses. They've got polarized, black, <laughs> rose colored. And I was like, was and then I had to joke. explain it, it to all the children. Joke. On nobody, nobody reacted. Everybody thought it was the funniest. People in the chat were laughing so hard. Uh, kick off the new year with new gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. From the sun to the slopes, premium polarized shades, customizable goggles, and so much more. I have not one, not two, four pairs of Shady Rays What happened glasses. to three? Well, I skipped right over three and went to four. Actually, I have two and my wife has two pairs. Um, if you don't, here's what I love. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair. Yeah, you yeah. get them broken, guess what? They got the warranty. They're going to send you a new one. And then here I love. You lost them? Doesn't matter, Those man. lenses aren't... Rosy enough for you? <laughs> this is some great ones. So exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com, use promo code DNBR, or visit them in-store at Park Meadows Mall, where as a child, as a young Adam Mata's <laughs> during the summer, I would be dropped off. And you that would was shoplift my daycare. from that mall? I would That's just hang out at Park Meadows Mall for <laughs> seven hours. Uh, go there, get 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The shade's rated five stars by over 200,000 people. All right, let's talk about the abs. So they lost last night, and you went like this. Ah. Is this actually, here's where I want to start. Based on your answer to this one, 
is the hangover real? Has this year, where does it rate amongst like the most fun avalanche seasons? Is it really low? Uh, yeah, this has been an awful season. Um, and it has nothing to do with really the hangover. Way more to do with the fact that the injuries just never stopped. Oh, yeah. They still yeah. haven't. Yeah. Um, so when you, when you think about the fact that the roster that the avalanche spent to the cap on has played zero seconds together this season, and they're still where they are. It's why I'm not super concerned about them as the best team in the West, but it has been frustrating to go through. Yeah. I frequently, frequently compare it to crawling through a field of broken glass. Oh, dope. <laughs> but at least you have a, a Stanley Cup on your back. I do. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, how much does that help? It. Man, can't so wait it, to win a championship with these nuggets, no, Eric. So it sounds great. It takes the pressure off, right? Sure. Yeah, that's, because that's last big. year, every loss was, oh, my God, this is, they're going to waste this core. Right. They're never going to get it. They're going to have Kale McCarr, and they're never going to win anything with them. Yeah. Oh, my God. They've made it count. They're in, they're in the history books forever. They, they walk the walk of champions for the rest of their lives. Mm. There's no flags fly forever. They right. probably uh, some of them watched. That's, that's it. Now anything that they do, any championships they ever get from here on out, toward uh, builds towards a dynastic type type of era. Oh, yeah, but is there not, any part of not you that, towards a hey we made this count? We, dude, this is, worth is there it. any part of you that misses that anxiety though, or not at all? Not one single bit. Uh, all, right. <laughs> all right, no, because. Because and you guys, you guys will feel this a year from now. I hope so. Where you guys will feel this a year from now, where Wait, you're like, you mean, look, uh, there's the there's broken glass part. Pro probably. <laughs> okay, let's oh, go. I can't wait for that sweet, sweet broken <laughs> glass <laughs> of a championship hangover. There's just, there's just nothing quite like knowing that even, even on the worst day, you're like, God damn it, it's all good. Like it just changes that perspective and. And I'll feel like I'll be a better person. The, I'll be a better analyst, but definitely a better person oh, without I'll be the stress way of like worse person. the darkest Dude, timeline. I, I will turn into the worst version of a Nuggets fan. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will be Lakers a, fan you're times turn into a Cubs fan. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, I'll be yeah. like, oh, uh, who can we pick up this year? Let's see. Probably LeBron, get a little AD. Every, uh, uh, we'll probably sign those guys. Uh, That's me. And you'll have the most fun you've ever had. Oh, well, I'm, I'm definitely off I'm on that. board for that part of it, for sure. <laughs> no, honestly, <clears throat> I didn't care one one iota about last night's game. Um, it's against an Easter Conference team. It doesn't matter. I care a lot about the game on Saturday. Uh, they just have more important things on their mind. They, The deadline is tomorrow. They have Dallas, the, who they're competing with for the division title, and the top seed out west. Is it still a statement game? Uh, totally, yeah. Absolutely, um, because you want to you want to let everybody know you want to put all those teams down, right? Yep. You want to be like, oh, we don't have Kale McCarr and we still beat you. Oh, we don't have Gabe Landeskog hasn't played one game for us this season, mm. and you guys still can't keep up with us <laughs> in the regulars. We gave you fifty games <laughs> to get your shit together and separate and try and get out away from us, and you couldn't handle that. Oh my god! Why are you going to handle a best of seven against us? That's what's at stake. That there's just no. Those are the messages that you get. Yeah, to send the Evs are the Evs are are sending the message to the entire West Con Western Conference right now. Over the last month and a half, that they got, they uh, the entire West had a head start. The Evs the Evs gave them a head start, and the Avs are rounding into form, getting healthy, and figuring it out at the worst possible time for everybody else. Yeah. What's the national narrative? Is this the national narrative it is. of like It's it's the East. So the East has the a lot of good teams. Well, in the midst right now in the midst of what has been a historic week leading up to the trade deadline, it's been the most trades that they've ever seen. It's been first round picks are all over the place. like it has been absolute all hell has broken loose in the NHL. It feels like the NBA. Whoa. Like like seismic shifts have been happening. Is it a trend, do you think, or just a special it, year? It's just a special year okay. because everybody feels like they've got a shot. Okay. I Is don't it, know why they feel that way because the avalanche exists, but <laughs> it's all good. Let them feel this I want to be AJ way. so bad. I know. I want to be I this. I, this is what I want to be. Dude, the, the smuggalanche of the skating. So all over. I, uh, are we the can't abs, even say certain no, words. No, we We're can't. So, shook. Dude, uh, so are the abs done training? Are the, is, are we I, don't think so. I don't think so, but everybody else should hope so. Okay. Because well, like, if, if the abs decide to take it seriously, use the last prime assets that they have left in the cupboard to go and get better, uh -huh. then they're... 
repeating. Why what would wouldn't you, they? Yeah, what would, but what would you address? The biggest, well, they need a 2C. They need a second line center. Um, and people keep asking me why because JT Confer, but the the, the most not, consistent not trend Kadri. between the, the most consistent trend between Stanley Cup champions is center depth. And right now, Colorado's isn't good enough. Mm. Uh, I mean, it just isn't. Everything else about them is ready to go. Nazem Kadri proved pretty important last year, I would say. Uh, he was. Um, <laughs> yeah. Interesting. What? And then the question I jumped the gun on earlier, apparently. Uh, talk to me about goaltending for the Colorado Avalanche. Well, so um, everybody needs. Everybody's in wait and see mode on Alexander Georgiev because postseason success defines a goaltender's legacy in the in the NHL. Yeah. Um, kind of like being a winning a title defines an MVP's legacy, apparently. <laughs> um, but it kind of does. I'll push back though. It kind of does. It's important. Okay. Um, <laughs> Cool. <laughs> the championships are important. We have to keep. We have to maintain it. I mean, sure. I, lo- I want it. I'm. I'm with AJ. Um, they don't matter. F the haters, dude. I, well, it's more. It's F mostly the just like there's an MVP for a regular season. There's an MVP for a of course, final, of course, you know, of course. Those are separate things. They're awarded separate. How many? How many? But there is a category of MVPs to never win it, and it's a bummer of a category. It's like a little it, bit of a bummer. Well, sure, but there's also every sport has the most games played without a championship one. Right, right. You never want to be on any list that involves. Without a championship, of course. That's a bad. That, list. That's my only point I'm and that's, making, and is. that's like it, you know. And anyway, Georgiev is a. We'll see. I'm all in on him being very, very, very good. I think he's much better than Darcy Kemper last year. Wow. And I really liked Darcy Kemper. He was good. Um, but I think the Avs. I've said this all year. The Avs were going to be a worse team going into the postseason, but they're going to have better goaltending once they get there. Okay. Once wow. they get into the playoffs, because the Avs goaltending in the playoffs last year just wasn't very good. It was good in the couple of games where they were really close and right. they really needed it, but overall, it was not. It was not as it, it was the worst goaltending from a Stanley Cup champion in like thirty years. It was the worst goaltending of an absolutely dominant team that couldn't lose any games. Right. Like imagine, imagine Darcy Kemper's eye doesn't get gouged in Game Three in Nashville, and he's healthy, right? And he plays to the level that he did in the regular season, right? The Avs legitimately might not have lost a game in the postseason. <laughs> <laughs> like they, they I, think, I think it's good for. You guys, frankly, that they, he did get hurt. And you got a little bit of. Uh, I actually have a bigger question, though, a much more pressing question. I think it's a question a lot of people are wanting to know, uh, particularly around DAVR. Uh, why do I see Rudo without a shirt every day? What What is <laughs> happening on Rudo's timeline? What is going? What is this, this bit? Please share. This is one of those things that <laughs> when I can't sleep and it's three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and you guys see me tweeting about random stuff. Keeping me awake at night is <laughs> an unanswered question of why, Rudo? <laughs> why? You don't even know? You don't even know? No, nobody knows. I asked him I asked him today, <laughs> why does the bit not include a shirt? Oh. Why does it have I got it when you were in the shower because you don't take showers clothed. But why do you, why can't you be clothed uh, everywhere else you go? Sex sells, guys. Oh, you know, man, you got flash dude. little skin. That's and, why uh, I've ne- that's why my bank account is growing, dude. I'm not buying anything. That's the most sexless post I've ever seen in my life. I just think that I, my concern is that he's preparing for a launch into OnlyFans. Oh my god. <laughs> we gotta keep this moving. We have a super chat for you, Jay. <laughs> we have a super this chat. What do people want to talk about? Oh, it's from one of our haters, Laking Ball. He says, question for AJ. Thoughts on the Bruins season and how would Avs match up at a potential Stanley Cup final? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wait, is it Boston fan? Is that why? It's why he's always a hater in the chat. My this guy's always he's a hater. With us always. He's, our, he's actually our homie. He is our homie, but he's our homie hater. A homie hater. Yeah. Every, every community has a hater that, one they, guy. Em- that they embrace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That they're just like, Lakey are you Ball. mad today? Uh, you know what? That's comforting to know. Yeah. Yeah, My world is, is, our is where it should hater. be. No, I think uh, so. The Bruins have been incredible. It's one of the all-time great regular seasons that we've we've ever seen. Um, I worry that a team that doesn't face serious adversity all season yeah. gets punched in the mouth in the playoffs and doesn't handle it well. Where I don't worry about that is that this Bruins team has walked the walk and done everything imaginable. This leadership group has won a cup. Uh, they they've done they've done everything. They've produced everything. They have elite players at all three levels. I would I would be concerned about the fact that I don't know which goaltender they want to turn to because when you you can get through a regular season in the NHL with an elite tandem, but the every other game stuff with Swayman and Olmark for me is a concern because in the postseason it's easy to have a guy not have a good game and go to the other guy, but if that guy doesn't have a good game, 
you don't know what to do then. And now there's uncertainty everywhere. Mm. And I think that not having the guy to just fall back on and say, this is the guy that's, that's going to solve our problems or whatever. uh, That I think is an an extremely vital element to cup champions, to, to teams like that. And how do the abs match up right now? Not very well. Um, the center, again, the center depth, uh, JT Comfort would get eaten alive by David Krejci. Uh, I worry, especially because they just keep trading for really good players, that the bottom six for Boston would chew through what the abs have right now. I do think the abs are a little better prepared on paper than some might expect. Um, and I think that those defenses, the, the, I think they're probably, if both are healthy, they're the two best defenses in the league. And I would love to see Kale McCarr and Charlie McAvoy go head-to-head. I think that would be a great series. Um, if I had to pick today, I would probably pick Boston in that series. But if the Avs do make a move tomorrow uh, or two, uh, then i probably swing back towards the other direction. I feel about Kale McCarr the same way I feel about Yoke, where anytime yeah. you tell me, like, it comes down to can Kale McCarr out, I'm like, yeah, he will. So, yeah, all right, fine. perfect, sweet. All right. It's fine. The yeah, one... th- that's the key, then we're, we're good. <laughs> we talk about McCarr this way, but um, it's, it's kind of funny because Nathan McKinnon has been one of the five most prolific postseason performers in NHL history yeah. to this point in his career, and he's been on a different level most of this season. I think that the Stanley Cup win took the pressure off of him. Mm. And then Oh man, this is so true. added an extra layer oh. of motivation Confidence. to say I'm going to go get another one so that nobody can ever talk to me about legacy ever oh, again. And I won't be mm. I won't be a one-time winner. I won't be a one-hit wonder. It won't be a one-off. I'm going to go and now now I'm going to win the Conn Smythe as the postseason MVP for the NHL. Yeah. I'm going to win that because McCarr got it last right. year. And I think he's saying, I'm going to go get that thing this time around, and I'm going to cement my legacy as one of the 10 best centers to ever play the game. I oh love it. God. You hear that? Jokic, I know you're watching. <laughs> Take note. I'm t- well, I mean, it is true. Like, Here's the thing. If the Nuggets win the championship this year... I'm immediately, first thing I'm doing is putting a bet down on Jokic MVP next year. For one, he has the same stats. He's had them for the same, for the last three <laughs> years, Jokic has played the same game every night, just dominates in the exact same way. He's going to dominate next year, but the confidence of the like the monkey off your back, this or that, I'm like, oh my God, Jokic oh. might shoot 90% next year. The, the freedom of a great player to just be great. To just be great. No, and, that's, and that's where you see what made them great to begin with was that that internal thing that pushed them and then the pressure became an element of their career and then when it comes off of them watching McKinnon this year with the pressure off it's the best he's ever been he's the most dominant he's ever been and I think we're getting ready to see maybe one of the all-time great postseason performances from McKinnon I love it and and that's not to add pressure to him I'm just saying if you're on DraftKings and you're looking to try and put put a, put a bet in for future season, yeah. like a Nathan McKinnon Consmith bet, whatever odds you can get for it, you know you what I mean. You talk me into it, man. The, the, the sooner the better, because he is he is on a level right now that I think uh, he may never get to again. He's it's, scary. It's funny you mentioned that. Will you look up his odds? Or I guess you don't have them just yet, huh? You don't have like postseason awards. Yeah, probably, just yet. probably not yet. Man, I'll be excited for that. I'm gonna tell you guys real quick. Breckenridge Brewery and DNVR have teamed up to give some lucky DNVR fans the ultimate game day experience. What is that? VIP tickets, Lexus Club access, parking, DNVR merch, and seats that are incredible. If it's for hockey, guess what? Center ice, five rows back from the glass, which I think is perfect. Five rows right from center, perfect view. For the, you've never seen an NHL game up close. What's it like? <sighs> so fast. You have no idea how. That's it's the it's the fastest sport in the world, and it's not close. And everything happens in a whir. Yeah. And the what looks like really obvious decisions on television, you get a much better feel for the quarter of a second that that player had to to decide to do something. Uh, and the price for these, look, most people don't get a chance to do this. It's $1 million to sit here, typically. That's how much it is Dude, for that's a so much. game. It's a million dollars for one ticket. We're giving away two of two tickets, Holy section smoke. 102, row five, as so well as all those other things. Man, we if had I won, $2 million that we spent on this that's, that's If I won, dollars. I would immediately flip those tickets for half a million For dollars. half a million dollars. Uh, you also get 
Uh, we also know this for Nuggets. Nuggets give away courtside. So for the Avs, it's coming up next Thursday, a week from today, against the LA Kings. For the Nuggets, it's going to be on the 30th of this month against the New Orleans Pelicans. These are the two giveaways. But here's the deal. Today is the last day for the Avs. Have you sat courtside? I have sat. Oh, I've sat a couple times for different things, yeah. So... Um, my wife, my Canadian wife, uh, has never been to an NBA game, uh-huh. and we were watching the Nuggets game last week. And I a- and I asked, uh, and said, week two weeks ago, and she said, "Have you ever sat courtside?" And I was like, "No." She was like, "I can't figure out what the appeal would be, other than you could just like what <laughs> see them like up close. You could like hear yeah, them that's the talk appeal. and whatever." And <laughs> well, that well is. and I and and I was like, "A man, like she's seen a lot of hockey games up yeah. close," and I was like, "I think it would just be the same. You would get an idea for." Because uh, I've never done it, but I th- I think you would get such an amazing feel for the athleticism. Oh, it's unbelievable! And, and, and like the size well, also and that, skill. and sometimes they like take an inbound pass in front of you, and you're like, "Should I touch Wilson Chandler?" <laughs> don't don't t- don't. Well, touch I, didn't, touch. I, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. T- but I thought about it. <laughs> uh, well, real quick, guys, here's how you enter: you head to thedmvr.com backslash Breck sweeps. Breck sweeps. Uh, to complete the form, must be 21 or older. The link is uh, is in the show description uh, of this one. We'll probably have both of them for Nuggets and Avs. Winners will be selected one week. So you have today. This is the last day for the Avs one. If you want to do the Nuggets one, you got a couple weeks, but don't delay. Also, this is one of those ones where I think we got like a thousand, two thousand, something like that. People signed up. It's not a lottery where it's like one out of a million chances. You actually yeah. have pretty good chances of winning the best seats of your life. Relatively speaking. Relative, relatively speaking. Uh, also, want to tell you guys we have a new partner here at All City. You guys know that Circle K. What the we strange things are put at the Circle K? <laughs> Say some new things here. We're excited to partner with Circle K, your local Circle K for the best coffee, beer, and snack selection. I didn't realize this was their thing. Is that they have like this premium coffee? Circle K. That's where you go. You get the really? premium coffee. You don't want the premium. They also have premium Suck gas. It, and look out for the freebies and giveaways down the road. Um, so if you're going on a long road trip or, or what have you, find out the nearest Circle K. Stop there. Make them your, your, your place. Uh, thanks to Circle K for sponsoring DMVR. Visit the nearest one near you. And then lastly, want to talk about DraftKings. You guys know them. An official sports betting partner of the NBA. They were given all these great giveaways right now. I've been mentioning that every day on our Nuggets pregame show that we have, I'm getting a free $5 bet. Like If you're on the app, they have the little thing above where it's like opt-in. Every single time, it's a win-back bet. So if you, you make your first bet, you use that coin, and then if you lose, you just get your $5 back. It's free. You absolutely should do it, and use it on a single same-game parlay because the odds get bigger. If you have a free bet, you might as well make the odds crazy for whatever it is you're betting on so you could win big. Um, but you bet on hockey. What if we did a Jokic Finals MVP, uh, uh, Nathan McKinnon, Con Smythe? Holy smokes. You'd probably get like 10 to 1, 20 to 1 odds probably on that. Probably get pretty good odds. Probably yeah. get really good odds. You might even get a Denver versus Boston an NBA, NHL duo yeah, you could put Make sure you on. buy, you, whenever you bet, make Oof. sure that there's a, an element of spite involved. That. A lot of spite left. So <laughs> download the app, use promo code DNVR. New customers bet $5, get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Use promo code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. To round out the show today, guys, I wanted to talk to you guys about how these leagues market themselves. Yeah. Eric and I... We complain a lot oh, about the uh, NBA. About, you didn't oh, let me finish. You didn't let me finish. Also the yeah. NBA, yeah. Yeah, also about, about I everything. I complain about my parking spot and the way my back feels. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> parking parking has become one of those we're, things. We're, off. We're, we're getting too far off, guys. I can't, man. Um, I hate the, it. the NBA, to me, markets itself around one thing and one thing only, and that is the myth of GOAT. It's LeBron. Well, it's the myth of GOAT, meaning who is the best player of all time. And in the void of a best player of all time conversation, that's why it's LeBron, because he's the only guy that like has a realistic and pressing claim to that throne. You know, like so maybe, is he? Huh? Is he? I, I don't know and I don't care. I don't no. want to get sucked into it. <laughs> I don't want to get sucked into it. But my point is he's the only guy. But in the absence of the greatest of all time conversation, the NBA has to fill the void with the greatest of right now, which is the MVP conversation. And it has swallowed up every other conversation that you can have. Right now, you either talk about LeBron James or who's the MVP of the NBA and nothing else. And it's like 
getting worse. It's like we're somehow or getting you talk worse. About Kyrie because he said something again. <laughs> well, yeah. on a, sometimes on occasion you end up talking about those bad things about something some player said that's completely out of pocket. But I think that this is an NBA problem more than anything else. And part of this is that they have made a shift towards social media. And social media, I think, is like, how can I grab your attention in three second intervals? And that's easy. Like, is LeBron the GOAT? Is he the GOAT? Let's talk about it. Is this make him the GOAT? Is all time leading scorer? Is he the GOAT now? Is this it? MVPs. Giannis had 40. Does that mean he's taken over? It's the easiest way to grab someone's attention. I think my favorite has been watching former players who you know hated social media when they played. Right. <laughs> Have to embrace it. Go like... into media jobs. Yeah, After yeah. they hated the media, they go into media jobs, They're go the new on media. camera, and say some inflammatory th things just because that's what they are now paid to do. Draymond is the only, you're, are you talking about Draymond here? Because here's the thing, Draymond had given some thoughtful Kendrick answers Perkins. early on, but here's the problem. You start to get sponsors, you have a contract, you need to go on two times a week, and it's like, oh wow, this is actually hard. Uh, let me say something incendiary, because I have nothing left to talk about, so I'll start to just ratchet up my takes. Draymond to me is exemplary, but I want to keep this moving in this way. Those are, that's how the NBA talks about itself first and foremost. We'll get into other things, other problems down the line. What does the NHL talk about? Connor McDavid. So it is, it's the same thing, greatest of the generation. Yeah, I think, I mean, for, what, 15 years, it was Crosby versus Ovechkin. Okay. You had two foundational players in the same conference in cities that were close to each other that played in the postseason every year. You know, the, the, one of the greatest centers of all time against one of the maybe, uh, for my money, the greatest goal scorer of all time in Ovechkin. And... Head to head, they just kept playing each other and playing each other. And so it created that natural, like, okay. And then the league was like, this is all we're going to talk about is we're going to talk, we're going to talk about Crosby versus Ovechkin. And then now it's, it's switched a little bit to what's Connor McDavid up to every single night. And it's mostly just Connor McDavid. Does it swallow up the discourse in a bad way, the way that I'm, I am it does portraying not. NBA? Um, mostly because he is so dominant that he runs away with the MVP, and everybody's just like, well, what are you going to do? Cool. Let's talk about who's <laughs> actually going to win the Stanley Cup. Because the MVP in the NHL is revered, but not in the same way that it is in the NBA, where yeah. uh, in the NHL, the Stanley Cup is, you know, it's the chalice of the gods. It's it's what every kid dreams of, you know, that nobody nobody grows up dreaming of lifting the Larry O'Brien trophy. Nope. The Stanley the Stanley Cup has its own aura about it. It's the yeah. only championship trophy in North American sports that does. And it is the the epicenter of the hockey world. And I think that's that is one thing that I like about it is that we talk about the Stanley Cup, we talk about lifting it. I mean, we talk about what's the order. Yeah. You know, well, Kale McCarr was the 14th <coughs> player to lift the Stanley Cup last year. That's hilarious. And <laughs> the fact that we know that yeah. tells you, one, that we counted, and two, <laughs> we care about that. You know, yeah. like it's it's just a different conversation, but it, it is on the larger like, league-wide level. It starts with Connor McDavid. Is that, is that, does that generate from ESPN? I would say no, but with ESPN involved in it, they've leaned into it. Man. But one thing I do like is that ESPN has regularly, their Twitter account, their social medias, have not been shy about leaning into, okay, we're now a hockey property. Yeah. And every night you see cool highlights getting sent out. Well, and yeah. It's, and it's not just Connor McDavid. It's, you know, oh, Kale McCarr just did a thing. You know, they sent out a Dennis Mulgan thing the other day when he scored a cool goal against Calgary. They immediately, it was like four seconds later, tweeted that thing out. So, yeah, that, that's amazing. That's bait. Uh, Antonio, <laughs> yeah, Bronco Tiz, uh, thinking the Lombardi Trophy is more uh, greater than the Stanley Cup. Yeah, uh, I mean, the, really, the, you know, the, there is just like a sort of a media issue that happens anytime you have an old growth media uh, conglomerate like MTV or the shopping network or e-entertainment, these places that have been around for a long time. And when you exist for a long time, you have to continually bring new things and sort of change, even though you don't, but this is like how it works. And you have a lot of people that work at a place that are every day coming to work, trying to figure out new things. Like MTV completely lost its way. 
right? Like they completely lost their ways. They started to become with the real world. They saw something work. Then the teen mom and all this stuff. Now they never play music. Um, ESPN started <laughs> off as just like the place you got your source of news. And like then they started to really lean into with like more voices and like a desire to widen their appeal they actually watered it down so horribly because they leaned so heavily into the narrative side of sports. They, they became as important as the sports to themselves. Yes. And that it was like, let's embrace debate. This is better than watching the game. Let's listen to these two yes, guys because, argue. Because, yes, you can generate something from nothing. And also, right. it just sort of like, it becomes, it's un, it's unsolvable. All of these. The, the greatest thing about sports, in my view, and I think people who actually like sports, is that at the end of the day, you have a debate and there's a right answer. You're right, like, right, right. I think they're the best. They're like, oh, they lost. They weren't the best. Right. This the all of the MVP, the goat. There's no right answer, and so it's it goes on in perpetuity, and it right. gets people fired up. It's like the way the politics work. You pick the six topics that are unsolvable on the planet, and then you just like when it's time to get people riled up, you're like, bum 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 bum. Who wants to talk about abortion? You're like, oh, I guess let's talk. Whatever. Yeah. Like this is what ESPN does. The the it just brings people like the. The MVP com conversation brings the boys to the yard, so they're all about it. They like get hit it heavy, and they like dilute and lose the sports part of it, which is like for people who like sports, it's like become so deeply offensive to watch ESPN. It's like right. it's it's sacrilegious. It is it it just is like the way that like your I don't know like your disinterested sister wants to talk about sports. <laughs> well, here's a here's a th something for you, Eric, that I'm kind of curious about, and I shared an article on Twitter the other day. From Stratechery, which is a very good like uh, tech uh, media company, like tech in the future of tech uh, uh, media uh, outlet blog, and it was talking about the RSN decline, but it was really talking about the bundling of cable packages. And here's the thing. I think the last 20 years, and the NBA and the NHL are in the same boat in that I feel like their audience is becoming more and more niche. And I wonder if it's like the NHL's always been that way. It's always been like you're a diehard hockey fan. But the NBA is increasingly becoming like you're an NBA fan or and nothing else or you're nothing. And and here's what I wonder. The last 20 years with social media, the Internet and everything else, it's easier to find more of the things you like while almost forcing you to become less diverse in your uh, in your interests. Cable bundling is this on steroids because you used to have ESPN Disney and you subscribed to a cable package and you got all these channels, most of which you didn't want, but you still had this, yep. this or that. And so you ate from the buffet line. Now you have Disney, Disney Plus, and everything got so fragmented that I almost feel like the casual people that used to have one toe in ESPN just because it was part of the bundle abandon that i just got star wars and that's what i do and now sports becomes like i'm just a sports guy so i just watch espn and i almost feel like these two things have surprisingly become like oh no i'm for the diehard obsessive people that are into this type of thing and can debate it all the time but it's not for anybody else be it it's losing that appeal yeah, i man. see this as one of the weird parts that has gone on that's involved the internet social media cable bundling and all these things that have i i told you my theory on this and in, in that the NBA specifically, and you tell me what how this works in the NHL, AJ, but the NBA has completely punted on our generation. They do not care at all about catering to the way that we have uh, consumed the product, think about the product, and uh, want to talk about the product. They have fully, fully, they've realized like they have lost the battle in our generation to the NFL and there's no gaining ground. That's it. Like it, it, the, the NFL is king. You'll hear a million times, but what they have done and what uh, a lot of things like um, when I was growing up, like they, they've really focused on youth, the youth, like getting, meeting the next generation of fans, where they are at, talking to them the way that they talk about everything. And that the hope is through that they will get people invested in the sport and then later on get them interested in the game itself. This is the way that uh, baseball uh, was with baseball cards when I was a kid. Like baseball cards were more, way more important to me than actual baseball. I had, I knew it, baseball cards to a kid is like a, ba it's like a kid economy. Like you buy something and it's like worth more than you bought for it, bought it for. It's like we're worth a dollar. And like you're looking up, you're like, oh my God, who's Kirby Puckett? I love this guy. Right, like right. It's worth a right, dollar. It's yep. whatever. It's like, and it, it teaches you how to, have value in these players right. and then for me it's like that that was my starting point we yep. didn't have a baseball team and then i grew to kn understand and yep. know these players and then as i got older i started to appreciate the sport itself and i think that their plan is like okay we're not 
we're not getting people to come over. They find it obnoxious. But like, if we can really focus in on the next generation, and they're, they're proving this out, like they outpace every league in Instagram followers by like double the NBA does. It's then the strategy of like, and this is why they don't give a shit about RSNs because RSNs is for a TV generation. That's us. They don't care right. about us anymore. Right, they're like, right. we're not going to lose any more money. We're not going to worry about it. Like these guys are going to do whatever they do. And then when the next generation comes, there's probably not going to be TV networks in the same way that we think about it now. Probably a lot of it is going to happen online exclusively anyway. And so it's like, we're already at the center of that in people's hearts minds and their behavior mm. and so to me it's like they're they're just like well you know like our time is not now but our time is coming which is why david silver or adam silver can be like so you know blase about a question asked of him at the all-star game you know like what do you think of these rsn debacles he's like you know like long term i'm not that worried short term i'm not that worried but you know well you know we'll figure it out and it should be like, what do you mean you're not worried about the w people getting your games? Like that should be the only thing you care about is like getting your product to people. But like they don't even see it that way. They have just, they're like this, this, this generation is going to peter out and then we're going to start fresh and new. Yeah. What leagues market themselves well? What pro sports leagues? F1. F1? Yeah. Formula One. Yeah. How do they market themselves? Well, I mean, I think it's, you know. 20 drivers is 10 teams it's it's a lot smaller so it's really easy to dive in um so but it's storyline that's what you're saying is like well, there's a story to every team yeah and and just the there's so many different entry points to it you know you have uh, a netflix series which has caused the popularity of it to explode yep mm -hmm. um but you also have so many different so many different aspects uh you know you can you can care about the race but you also have to care about the little things are so important you know the strategy of it right and then you know you oh well which which guy which which team manages tires best right you know which team has the fastest car which team has the right strategy on when to pit and when not and how many pit stops are they're, they're going to have in a race and then can their driver execute it and you know there's so many different layers to, to formula one and then you have the big personalities. You have the interpersonal drama. You have a Netflix series that gives you access to the paddock where you can actually watch them have these conversations with, with, with their, uh, you know, their, their off-season off of uh, drivers signing with new teams. Happens in the middle of the year. And they're like, well, I'm, like, imagine another sport. Like, imagine, imagine at the end of a year you have a big free agent and... It would have been like last year when the Avs had Nazem Kadri, except Nazem Kadri signs with the Calgary Flames in December, but plays the rest of the year with the Avalanche. Right, right. And then when it gets done, he's like, happy times. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Right. Like, I'm off to Calgary. Like, it's so different and so, like, it's so weird. Long-form yeah. storytelling is really important, though, too. And you're right, oh, player yeah. movement and this stuff. But I do think there's just something to, like... Let me tell you a story that takes you a little bit of time. So I'm just, I can't tell this to you in five seconds. I can't tell right. you in 10 minutes, but I can tell it to you over the course of a season. And I do think that the NBA has gotten away from that at the I, national level. Yeah, but I just think they are planting the seeds for the next storylines. Like the, the long-term storylines are coming. The long-term story that they are putting a, Period well, gotta, on and closing up is the LeBron story. But you got a LeBron you, era. But you do have to also hire the right people to tell those oh, stories. For sure. And I think that ESPN has been a bad part. I think Turner has been a very good one, and I think ESPN has been a very bad one in that one regard. And that'll be something it's, to kind of follow. It's kind of the reverse for the NHL right now, where Turner has been a really rough partner for them so far. Really? And ESPN, lots of faults, lots of problems, but ESPN has done, I think, um, overall, I think it's been a boon to the league. Yeah. NBC was great so at this far. too, by by the way. Like M NBC used to have inside stuff. They would have like the yep. great lead-ins, the great yep. Bob Costas narrating and telling you the gravity of a yep. Saturday or Sunday game or whatever. And I do, I just think that that is an important thing. And I don't think this is on. This is why I disagree with you, D line about the M M NBA strategy. I don't think it is. I think they're clearly going towards social media, and, and some of those things that you said are true. But this idea that they have a master plan that will pay off, I don't think that part is true because I don't think that I think that they are taking the most money they can get right now 
and it is actually a little bit of a like what is it well, the line Mark Cuban used to describe the NFL is actually true of the NBA, where he said pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered, and that's why the NFL's they're sneaky on the decline right now. I think he actually mistook that. The NBA might be the one that became the hogs by accepting the like, yeah, we'll take the ESPN grab bag of money. We want this TV money. Now the players make more, the owners make more, the valuations are through the roof. They might actually be the hogs in this scenario. And that's to me, to me, it's just that they have an eye on the eye on the future. Like I, I just don't know any other way. Like to be in the places that they're in, it tells me that that is what they're focused on. Isn't it also like problematic that we have so much access to everything all the time that yeah, like, always, this is our, well, and this is our second wanting, goddamn podcast of the day. Like we're always wanting like more, 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 more. Like yeah. we want to see more behind this. Like we have more behind the scenes knowledge than we've ever had in uh, of any sport ever. And it, the, it's an insatiable appetite for information um, where there's never enough. And so we always want to get deeper into things. And so that's why when you talk about long form storytelling, I think there's a reason um, drive to survive resonates right. with, with formula with, with people who don't watch the sport on a regular basis because they can get into it. And that's something that they can connect with. And it shows them parts of the sport that they would never have otherwise gotten to. Otherwise, you would think that I'm just going to sit down and watch a race every Sunday. Yep. You don't care yep. about any of the drama. You don't yep. care about anything else exactly. that could be going on in the sport. But that allows you. That's where I think the long form storytelling. Uh, I would I would kill to have a drive to survive in the NHL, but one that followed each team. Well, because imagine win. imagine you have a championship team. Imagine you win a Stanley Cup last year. Right. And I could go back and watch ten episodes. Right. Of how it happened. Yeah. Deep dive. Hard form. Hard ice. Uh, long form storytelling of, of a championship season that you want to remember. That's 100% it. All right, guys, we got to get out of here. The uh, Rapid Show is up next, but this was a great discussion. You guys can check the great AJ Hayfully always on the DNBR Avalanche podcast, and of course, me and D Line on DNBR Nuggets. And this is the Denver Sports Podcast. We have different hosts, different guests every single week. So if it's your first time tuning in, make it a weekly uh, appearance here. It's always a good show to follow along, and it helps you dip your toes into some of the other ones. Ooh, Speaking of dipping your toes into other sports, Sports. Colorado Rapids just started their season and they're getting ready to go live right here. So if you want to check out what the latest is on them, or maybe not go back to the latest, go to the yeah, future. Yeah. Don't go to Bell Don't week. worry, go don't worry about last week. week, man. Why are we talking about old stuff? Let's not talk about old stuff. Let's talk Why about are we talking about going. some old stuff? Let's talk about where they're going. <laughs> we'll see you guys then. Right.